0: Hey, 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 it's another beautiful Friday. Guess what that means? There's a new episode of All the Best Things coming at you right now. Do me a huge favor, like this, follow my page on social media, follow BST365 on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Your guys' support helps me grow and prosper. I just like to learn things and talk with people and... Over the time and over, over the time that I've had the ability to run this podcast, I've had the opportunity to meet a number of different people from a number of different backgrounds and, and kind of lines of work, and, and we talk literally about all the best things, you know, whether it's sports or uh, I've had X Games announcers, I've had, uh, so I'm not going to spoil anything, but I've had a bunch of different people from all over, and this one is no different, Uh, my man Jack from Boondock Nation, he is the co-founder of Boondock Nation. If you don't know who Boondock Nation is, uh, go ahead and YouTube them, check out some of their edits, it's insane. If you're a snowmobile freak, uh, and geek, then you will like everything Boondock Nation does. Um, oddly enough, the story behind me meeting him, uh, my wife and I were on vacation back in the Midwest, and, uh... He happened to be someone that I, a family friend of the extended family, and we ended up bumping into each other, meeting, exchanging information, and he was gracious enough with his time to to join me on the podcast to talk about his his venture um, and and just everything that got him to where he is today. You know his love for for snowmobiling and and the great outdoors and all that stuff. So if you guys do me a huge favor, give them a follow on their YouTube channel. Give me a follow support everyone man we're here to just spread positivity and and support the little man if you know what i mean the 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 guy that puts in more work than necessary the girl that puts in all that time and effort to make to make their stuff worth it and i hope you guys enjoy this um couldn't thank each and every one of you enough so i'm just gonna big give a big shout out here thank you thank you thank you with that said let's send it to me and my man jack sarama co-founder of boondock nation What's up everybody it's another episode of all the best things this week i'm super excited to have this guest on uh he is the co-founder of boondock nation uh you if you don't know what boondock nation is you're going to get quite the opportunity to hear about their story and kind of how they've started uh it's
1: jack sarama jack thanks for joining us today what's up everybody um yeah that is right jake i'm co-founder of boondock nation thanks for having me happy to be here
0: yeah absolutely
1: Uh, absolutely so,
0: without uh, you know chopping it up too much here, we're gonna dive right into it and In your story. How how did you even find out that this is kind of what your passion was? How did you find that you were passionate about uh, Boondock Nation and and everything that you guys do? So, I guess uh, tell us first off what Boondock Nation is, and then again how you how you kind of discovered your passion for this.
1: Sure yeah it start about five years ago um there was four of us here in northern wisconsin we all went to high school together in eagle river at northern pines and uh we all started riding together one winter um you know some other guys would join us here and there but um it was mainly just the four of us myself my friend dylan my friend colin and my friend ryan and uh we decided we're like we got to call this something you know we're starting to do some pretty cool stuff we were terrible snowmobilers but we had nuts you know so sure sure uh, (laughs) we're like (laughs) let's start an instagram let's start a facebook and let's call it boondock nation yeah we did that for about a year and uh it started to get some traction and my buddy dylan's dad he's in the production industry he owns a production house and a communications firm out of madison wisconsin and um he gave us the opportunity to do a pilot episode. So nice. we jumped right at that. And uh, the next winter, we filmed the pilot episode up in the UP of Michigan here. And okay. uh, right, you know, that's right when we first started taking trips up to the UP. Uh, we had yeah. just recently gotten our driver's licenses. I mean, we were 17 years old when this all started. So um, mm-hmm. we were taking trips up there. And we went up there with two camera guys, and a sound guy. And we shot the pilot episode of Boondock Nation. And In hindsight, like, I cringe when I watch it because it's, it's so bad, in my opinion, <laughs> sure, but at sure, the time, sure. it, was, it was unique enough and new enough to get some eyeballs and get some attention, so uh, we got a couple sponsors on board, and we went to the trade shows here in Wisconsin in the Midwest and uh, met some people, and we decided, you know, there's probably a business opportunity here, so mm-hmm. we went ahead and did a full season. Um, we funded it all ourselves. You know, we didn't really know what the business model would look like yet. But the pages were continuing to grow. You know, we were getting more followers on Facebook, mm-hmm. more on Instagram. And yeah. uh, you know, after we did season one, we really stepped it up. We uh, brought a producer on board to kind of write the ship as far as the content goes, and you know, give us mm-hmm. some direction and. Um, after season one and two, we, I think we really started to turn a corner and we got more and more sponsors on board and our following continued to grow. And now here we are working on season six for this upcoming year. Um, our season five is actually broadcasting right now on Fox Sports North, Fox Sports Wisconsin, NBC Sports Chicago, um, some other ABC affiliates here in Wisconsin. And we're streaming it all on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. Um, we have iOS and Android apps now. So we're putting out content weekly and then we're doing broadcast episodes in the fall. And it's really getting to that point where uh we're having a lot of fun with it. We're putting out a yeah. lot of content, in my opinion. Obviously I'm biased, but uh,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, sure, it's,
1: sure, sure. It's gotten to a whole nother level now in the last couple of years, that's for sure.
0: That's awesome. Awesome. So how do you guys let me ask you this, how do you guys pick locations? I mean, you're you're all over the United States now, right? Filming episodes.
1: Right. So yeah, we uh yeah. we try and come up with the craziest ideas to go and travel these sled destinations um, that most okay. people dream about. Really, you know, a couple of years ago, we went to Revelstoke, British Columbia, for the first time, and we thought, man, this is okay. so out there. It's so cool. Um, it's like sled mecca, honestly. And we thought that might be something that we do, you know, once every couple of years. Well, last mm-hmm. year. We took two trips to British Columbia and it would have been three had it not been for COVID. So, um, sure, sure. We, uh, go to these different destinations. We talk about where we stay and where we eat and what there is to do in town. And by the way, there's some badass snowmobiling here too, right? So, yeah, go you know all over yep. the place from BC, um, like I said, down to Colorado. We're hoping to make it up by you and Coraline, um, yeah, this season, but, uh, yeah. yeah, we we basically just come up with an idea and if we can if it makes sense business-wise, we go and do it.
0: Sweet. I mean that that's awesome and it's cool that you've you found something that kind of allows you the opportunity to travel all over the US and into Canada now with you know something that you maybe thought at the time it was just like a passion, something you were really into but like you said didn't know as a business model necessarily. So that's super cool. Totally. Um yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this. So when you guys, now that you're kind of a bigger production, do you guys have to like shut down a mountain to film your stuff? Or are you more like back country and kind of just have the backside of the mountain to yourself and you just take your equipment up and, and shoot what you can?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, when we go to a, a certain zone, you know, we typically have no idea what to expect. We're riding a lot of newer uh, or new to us zones, I should say. Um, yeah. so we see people out there all the time, but that's kind of our thing is Boondock Nation. You know, we are inclusive yeah. of everybody. We're not elitist. We don't say you can't ride here if we're riding here. We oftentimes invite yeah. locals or whoever it is to come with us. Um, sure. We'll ride with, you know, professionals of all levels um, that are known in the sport. And we'll ride with locals, too, um, like we did in our Meeker episode from Meeker, Colorado that we just released um, a yeah. couple weeks ago. So yeah we're we're not we're not like that we're pretty inclusive.
0: Okay. I like it. I like it. Um can you guys what what was your favorite stop that you've made so far over the handful of years that you've been doing this and are you able to give us maybe a new destination uh that you're really looking forward to?
1: Yeah. Um you know it's it's really tough to pick just one. I get asked that uh, uh quite a bit and Revelstoke is obviously Top of my list. It's um, okay. a really cool sled town in the interior of British Columbia. Um, yeah. I've taken three or four trips up there now, and okay. we keep going back for a reason. You know, the snow is always good. Town's so cool. You know, you roll into town, and you just see sled decks and trailers everywhere at every restaurant, every hotel, motel, you name mm-hmm. it. You know, um, they've got a cool system. A lot of BC uh, riding areas are like this, where there's a you check in every day and you have to buy you have to pay 20 25 bucks a day to go ride um okay steep but they do a hell of a job grooming um they Mm -hmm. groom trails straight up into the alpine and there's usually a cabin up there with wi-fi and firewood and you can go in the cabin um you know everybody's there for lunch and you warm up have a hot meal and then you go back out so uh, sure. rebel smoke yeah is definitely top of our list every, just about every time we've gone the snow has just been unbelievable and okay. uh, we are trying to go back december 1st here um but i don't know if the border is going to be open so we'll see right as, as far as other stops this year goes um we're working on lake tahoe we're trying to get out there that's somewhere okay. we wanted to go for a while and then you know i would say our our other most anticipated is up by you in the quarter lane area um, okay we've gone through there on our way to BC. It's so beautiful, but we've never ridden, um, you know, up in the chimney pipe there. So that's uh, on the books for this year. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. And I I don't want to make the whole episode about this, but how has COVID kind of affected you guys and and the way you go about business on a week-to-week basis or even a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah, it's been interesting uh, because we are focused on travel, which has been wildly affected um during these times. So we got hit pretty hard in the spring. Um, we had a couple okay. of productions in Canada, like I mentioned, that were canceled. Um, some government funded stuff that was canceled. Um, but we just took it as an opportunity to do our own thing and put out our own content. So um yeah. instead of going on these productions, we were pretty much, you know, as it gets into spring, things slow down for us anyway. So we're pretty much going sure. to the gas station, going to the grocery store, and going to ride snowmobiles all day, every day. Anyway, so our yeah. lives haven't changed too much. Um, okay. We, we just took a little tour around Idaho. We went and saw some of our friends uh, in Island Park in McCall, in okay. uh, the Missoula area, Locksaw, um, Lolo Pass area. Um, okay. Drop back down home and rode some of our backyard zones. So. That's pretty much how we spent the second half of March and April and into May. And then we came back here to Wisconsin for the summer um, because this is where we spend the summers. This is where we're all born and raised. And uh, the sales have been tough. I can tell you that. We've been trying to line everything up for next season. We usually have a lot of that done in the summer, but nobody's looking outside the next 120 days, right? Sure, Um, sure. So... Now that's all coming around because people want to recreate outdoors. You know, people are trying to get out of the cities. They're also, uh, they they want to go to drive-to destinations. Nobody's really flying to Florida much anymore overseas. Um, So Mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot here in northern Wisconsin where people are like, yeah, let's go up north for the weekend. I think we're going to see that uh, in the snowmobiling world too, where people are saying, hey, let's take a trip to the mountains um, instead of going to Florida or whatever that looks like. So. Yeah, it's all coming around, but everything went on hold there for about 120 days. And frankly, we yeah. didn't know if we have a business or not, but yeah, I have confidence yeah. it's coming around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, when you guys, you know, are doing a shoot or whatnot, for, for an episode that drops on TV, how much footage do you guys not necessarily waste, but maybe not use for those episodes? I'm just kind of curious from a t- production standpoint, how long does it take to really put together – an episode
1: of your guys' show? Yeah, that's a, that's the tricky part because there's so many variables. Um, okay. You know, we can have a really productive day out on the snow and crank out one of our web episodes in a single day. Um, okay. Sometimes if things aren't going so well, it'll take three days just for a five-minute video. Um, okay. And we have a lot of struggles with, you know, sleds breaking down sometimes um, that can throw the wrench in the plans for a couple hours you know it takes a couple hours out of our day um weather can be tough uh if we have too much snow which we we released an episode called deepest snow of the season um Uh back in march i want to say we filmed it in february and the snow is we had so much snow we got uh two feet one night and then two feet the next night we had like four feet of fresh and uh (laughs) we were trying to get to these features that we knew in this zone to go hit some jumps and we just couldn't get back there. Everybody was getting stuck. Um, and granted we could film anything and look cool because there's four feet of snow, but, uh, it really slowed things down for what we were trying to do. So we run into a lot of that. Um, just a lot of adversity out there. You know, you gotta be constantly adapting. You're always working with different people Um, so a lot of times if we go out with a new crew, the first day or first morning, uh, can be kind of slow as everybody's figuring out how to work together. Um, Mm -hmm. but once we kind of get into that groove, we can crank stuff out pretty easily. So for a broadcast show, uh, we typically try and spend a week because that that allows us to get, you know, a solid three, four days in the backcountry uh, filming. And we use a lot of that stuff for social media too. If we shoot extra, it's great. Right um and then we go into town too and we'll film around town for a day or two um and show everything the town has to offer and then we're out
0: okay nice um as far as like you guys are backcountry mostly right and what what would happen in the in the circumstances i'm sure it's happened in your time filming the show already but do you guys have like a medical staff that that travels around with you what if you guys were to get injured or, or something like that? Like, is there ever stuff that comes up like that?
1: Yeah. Emergency wise. Um, We've been lucky knock on wood to not have any serious injuries. Uh, You know, I've rung my bell a couple of times, uh, torn some muscles in my forearm, you know, tweaked a knee here and there. Um, I've seen broken femurs, you know, broken backs. Um, Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's easy to wreck yourself out there. Our biggest concern is avalanches. Um right. so we have taken extensive training um to get certified with avalanche safety skills. Okay. Um we took an AST one class up in Bailmount BC last year. Sure. We're gonna do AST two this year. Um Basically, you know, on the, on the injury side, we just hope it never happens. And we do carry satellite phones to call search and rescue, you know, if that is right. Um, typically, when something major like that happens, you get helied out just because we're so deep. Okay. in woods. Even if you break an arm or a collarbone or something, you're not going to be able to ride out. Um, right. So we all have satellite phones where we can call search and rescue. Um, my buddy Lars actually broke his femur a couple years ago and nobody had a satellite phone Um oh, okay fortunately where we're at we had cell service miraculously actually yeah um yeah. so we were able to call in the heli it took him two hours to get there and it took even oh, to the ground team to get there yeah so um okay after that day we all bought satellite phones and we're like we're never making that mistake again
0: yeah
1: uh, yeah exactly yeah as far as the <laughs> avalanches go, like I said, that's our biggest concern because they can strike sure. out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, we want to minimize the risk we take every day navigating through the backcountry. So in, in on any given day, you can have a very small chance of being in an avalanche. But mm-hmm. when you ride as much as we do, when you ride 60, 70 days a year, and you multiply that over five, 10 years, that risk yeah. definitely adds up. Sure. So we try and eliminate the risk from the beginning and just look at each slope that we're traveling through and we understand the avalanche forecast you know typically for every zone we ride there's a new avalanche forecast every day so the avalanche forecast says hey northwest slopes above 7,500 feet Mm -hmm. um, have this persistent weak layer four feet four to six feet down you know we're going to stay away from those slopes especially if they're open and they don't have any support um, you know, trees or whatever, and convex slopes like this pull the snow across. Um, so, if you are to go inside hill up that, you're probably going to trigger an avalanche. So, as we go yeah. through terrain, you know, we always look what's above you, what's below you, and what happens if it slides. If you got a big okay. trap below you and it, the hill breaks, you know, it's going to pile up 30 feet deep in that creek and you're never going to survive. But if right. it's a smooth run out um, and there isn't much hang fire above you, And you think it's safe to travel you know we take it one at a time um we want multiple burials there's a lot that goes into it for sure and then on top of all that being skilled with your companion rescue training you know knowing how it comes down to knowing how to shovel an avalanche as a team um, knowing how to use your beacon and your probe um and being ready to deploy that airbag if you're ever caught in one so
0: yeah
1: there's a lot that goes into the avalanche side of it Um, but we try and take every precaution uh, because we have lost friends we lost a uh, close friend of ours back in early April Um, okay yeah it's just uh, we want to take every precaution to keep doing this for as long as we can
0: yeah absolutely so and there's a little I mean you kind of touched on it there's a little bit of science involved with it and meteorology if you will you know you have to be aware of your surroundings and what's what's happening uh, above you and below you so that's awesome Uh, are you are you um, willing to share any like fun stories or crazy stories maybe you've you've gotten stuck in a situation where you you got out of it or maybe something that just wild happened and and you're willing to share with us maybe it didn't make uh your social media channels or uh or the broadcast but is there a story you're willing to share with us not to throw anyone under the bus or anything but
1: no nothing you know (laughs) nothing too wild happens out there um, okay. other than, you know, sweet stuff. That's for sure. Um, okay. So uh, one thing that comes to mind right away is uh, this spring we were out, this is peak of COVID and okay. uh, when uh, nobody knew what was going on, right. And we kind of yeah. organized this big ride um, out in the Alpine Bulls behind Alpine Wyoming. Okay. And uh, there's probably like 15 or 20 of us up there some pretty well-known pros um yeah we were building a jump and uh Travis Rice I don't know if you're a snowboarder but yeah
0: yeah I know the name
1: yeah Travis Rice and a bunch of Jackson people there's he probably had a crew of 15 with him we're back okay. in the next bowl over we uh we had built this jump kind of a step over um from one bowl to another and yeah. They built this huge wedge kind of for, at a 45 degree angle into this massive uh, landing. And he was hucking double backflips off sure. it. And uh, a couple other guys he was with were hitting it too. And they hit it yeah. five or six times. And then they came over and were watching us jump. And they're like, yeah, you can go hit that on your sleds. We're done with it. Um, oh. so we, got to, <laughs> we got to go nice. hit uh, Travis Rice jump, which is pretty sweet. Uh, and then watch those yeah. guys like, Climb up into the alpine and like ridiculous peaks, and just ride these spines down and um, do some sick yes. backcountry snowboarding. That you know, I've always drooled over watching movies, and to see it firsthand like mm-hmm. that uh, was was just crazy. And it was so it was so fun because there was like twenty of us out there. Nobody had been around people because nobody had formed an opinion on COVID yet. Everybody was following the rules, and sure. uh, we were all out there just having fun. Like. The good old days right so to see yeah. to be in that experience and see all this going on um that's one of my coolest memories from this last season that we had out nice. there it was just absolutely crazy you know because everybody was going off too everybody was uh mm-hmm. hitting this jump like just deep it was the end of the season everybody's feeling good on their sleds we had some 2021s out there and mm-hmm. that was just an awesome day
0: nice so that kind of that segues me into my next question for you if you guys ever don't find yourselves on a sled what how do you you know get around in your spare time what What do you do to pass the time when you're not on a sled
1: well when we're out in idaho um obviously settings the focus and we everything revolves around that if we're not riding we're wrenching typically or okay. working you know there is some work that needs to be done still too um, okay yeah so uh winter is completely sled focused we do get out and uh ride bikes sometimes in the springtime i like to golf out there um okay on the boat um yeah i like i do like to work out um although sledding is enough of a workout for most oh, of i the- believe that <laughs> so, yeah it's kind of hard to train in the season but i'll run um and lift a little bit and then in okay. the summertime when we come back to northern wisconsin um yeah. dylan my business partner is a huge musky fisherman um okay. so Spend a lot of time musky fishing. Um, I like to hang out on the water whenever possible. So cocktailing, yeah. you know, slalom skiing, surfing. Um, actually, got the last ski and surfing probably for the year yesterday. Okay. Uh, plus, you know, I bartend as you know at Ben's Camp yeah. in the summer. I love it. That's there.
0: where we ran into you. Yeah,
1: it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's about it. You know, just seeing everybody. That's I, I've met so many people through bent um mm-hmm. you know over the years that i just love hanging out with people that come up here to this area um yeah but mostly yeah spending time on the water is the biggest thing for us in the summertime
0: okay all right and um do you ever snowboard are you a snowboarder skier when you're not you know on the sled
1: yeah i'm a skier okay. um yeah, i've skied a handful of times in the past four years i'd say which breaks okay. my heart because i used to go every single weekend when i was you know in the early stage of high school uh, yeah. i was an instructor up at indian head here for uh three or oh, four were years. You? actually yep okay yeah so, so I'm, I'm hoping to get back into it this year um i want to get the proper equipment and get a dialed in sled ski setup so yeah. i can do some snowmobile access backcountry skiing but most of my skiing has been limited to the resorts in the sure. past okay
0: yeah, I was going to say, when you guys come up here, it's not quite going to be ski and snowboard season, but uh, we got, we're got we surrounded by like six or eight different mountains that are major ski resorts and stuff like that. So really, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, there's there's some good skiing and snowboarding up here. I, by no means, am an expert. I've been on a snowboard like five times, but I'm, I'm <laughs> picking it up. I'm picking it up yeah. a little bit. So Yeah, I love uh, it. I'll have to check that yeah. out,
1: I'll do my skis, when we come up.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, And then, yeah, lastly, I was just going to say, for your equipment, are you guys, like, able to ride? Like, you had mentioned 2021s and and new sleds and new equipment and stuff. Is that something that you guys have to pay, like, out of pocket for? Or are you fortunate enough to have, like, sponsorships and stuff with the TV shows and the the web series and stuff?
1: Yeah, um, we actually have chosen not to pursue an OEM sponsor, like Skidoo. Okay. cat or anybody uh yeah. for multiple reasons so being boondock nation we want to represent everybody um, yes brand loyalty is a huge thing in the snowmobile industry i mm-hmm. myself am not a brand loyalist i used to be a big skidoo guy now i'll ride whatever i like best yeah. whatever i think okay. is best for me and yeah. dylan's the same way so uh we've kind of stayed away from that for that reason because we want to represent everybody and because okay. the OEMs are pretty controlling of the content um, oh okay because being on their snowmobile is you know an endorsement that uh, as a backcountry rider like downtime is the biggest issue you want a reliable sled that's not going to yeah. leave you stranded however it does happen you know we're, yeah. we all know that so if my shit blows up we want to be able to show it being helied off the mountain what went wrong how, what we're going to do to fix it. Right. And if we, if we're riding a sponsor sled, like that would never fly. Sure. Um, sure. So those we do, so we have to pay out of pocket for our sleds each okay. year. Um, but it's worth it in my opinion, to be able to put out that kind of content, excuse me. Yeah. Um, however, we do get a lot of gear. Um, so we test a lot of new products for the upcoming sure. season that usually starts in like January and February.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so we rode in like the new fly racing gear for this year back in January up in Bailmount. And we'll probably do that again this year. Um, just nice. to kind of give them feedback on, you know, how they can improve the gear and just the final final, because we do that a little bit right now um, as they're submitting those orders and redesigning the new stuff. And then we'll okay. take a look at the, the other refinements that can be made before it goes into mass production. So that's been nice. a cool part of uh, what we do that has come on the last couple of years as we've kind of gotten to that level where people trust us and trust our opinions to make their products nice. better. Yeah.
0: yeah, and that's huge. And it's, it's I think it's important in today's world to, to stay independent as long as you can. So in terms of, like you said, being connect, connected with everybody is, is a major deal. So that's super cool. Uh, there may be a handful of people that watch this episode that myself included here don't know a whole lot about snowmobiles so tell us a little bit about when you're in the backcountry. and you had mentioned uh earlier one of your stories four feet of snow how much does a sled weigh like what's it like to to get in and out of that deep of snow and what like what happens if are you guys tuned into the as much with the mechanical side of things or do you have someone else involved with your team that is more of the mechanical mind if you will
1: i got you yeah um, it's, it's pretty different out there than any type of snowmobiling, um, okay. that I was used to growing up or that you would think of when you think of snowmobiling. So we had another dimension to sledding. You're not just turning on a trail. Um, okay. you know, we're doing wheelies and carving through the snow. Okay. Um, sleds weigh like 510 pounds, typically, uh, full of fluids, Dry yeah. about a hundred pounds less than that. So Um, you got a beast under you, that's for sure. And uh 160 plus horse. So they're pretty powerful. And uh with a long track and three inch paddles, they will pretty much climb walls. So balance is the biggest part of it. Balance and a bit of strength, you know, your legs are gonna go through a lot um Mm -hmm. as you're traveling over this terrain because you gotta constantly react to what the sled's doing. Mm -hmm. Uh so we like to we side hill a lot. Um to traverse slopes and uh we basically just try and navigate through the backcountry and climb whatever we can climb jump whatever we can jump and just push our own limits that's i think that's why i like it so much it's kind of similar to golf in that way is where it's just you against yourself for the most part okay Um, i don't race i don't have a desire to race i don't want to be competitive with it other than with myself you know okay um so, yeah, that's that's what I enjoy most about it, about being out there, is uh, it's just you and uh, the mountains, and you can go wherever you want as long as your ability allows it. So, okay. we can get better every time we go out, um, better on the sled and better navigating through the backcountry just to be able to do whatever we want. Um, gotcha. However, pushing those limits does bring up some mechanical issues. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've hit a sure. lot of trees in my day, that's for sure. Um, oh, man. <laughs> or you climb something you think you can climb and you, the sled starts coming up on you and you got a wheelie out and you lose it and it goes into a tree or, um, you know, there's a lot that can happen. So we try and be prepared. You know, I, I do all my own maintenance as does Dylan um, unless okay. it's a warranty thing, then we'll bring it to the dealer. Um, but it's really yeah. important to know uh, your sled inside and out and have sure. the tools and the knowledge to be able to fix something if possible out on the mountain. So we carry a lot of, uh, spare parts with us, um, that are common, you know, just nuts and bolts that could come, that could come in handy. Um, okay. Bush fix. We carry like wire ties, zip ties, um, hose clamps, you know, sometimes you got a hose clamp, a arm to the spindle, just to keep that ski straight to get you out. Um, yeah. snap yeah. in half, you know, we've put a shovel <laughs> down there to <laughs> just have something to get it out. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always something. You know, more times than not, we're going to deal with something like that, even if it's just broken plastics or something out on the mountain that you got to put it back together somehow and be able to get it yeah. out. So, yeah, yeah, we're all pretty mechanically inclined. I think it's hard not to be as a back okay. automobiler. And if you're not mechanically inclined, you will be. Uh, yeah. because <laughs> okay. You'll, just, you'll figure it out. There's no other option. Sure,
0: sure. All right. Well, Jack, I don't want to take up
1: uh,
0: your whole afternoon or anything, but tell us and anyone watching where we can catch your footage, uh, where we can follow you on social media and uh, basically connect with you guys.
1: Awesome. Yeah. If you're in the Midwest, our show's broadcasting for the next seven weeks on Fox Sports North, Fox Sports Wisconsin, NBC Sports Chicago, and a couple other ABC affiliates, one out of the UP, WJMN Marquette, uh, a couple out of Green Bay and Wausau. Otherwise, okay. our show is available 24-7, 365 on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Chromecast, iOS and Android apps, or on our website, BoondockNation.com, or on our YouTube channel. It's all out there. All right.
0: Perfect. Boondock Nation. That was co-founder Jack Sarama. Jack, thanks again for, for joining us today.
1: Hey, thank you, Jake. Great to see you again. Hopefully, thank I'll you. see you in a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. thanks again.
1: Hey, no problem, man.